It is Olympic time. The 2021 Tokyo Olympics kicked off July 23rd, today being Sunday, July 25th, almost the 26th. It is 11.30 p.m. Doing a late night podcast. Why not, right? Gotta love it. We did one earlier today with Indian Creek's now graduated Cam Russell. We're going to do one right now with Terry Maxwell. Hopping right into Olympics because it's crazy awesome. Had to wait five years. We're supposed to have the Olympics last year. But of course, COVID-19 ruined everything just like it has. And now we got the Olympics in Tokyo. There has been an emergency with COVID-19 and cases flaring up. People not able to come. People not coming. People as in Olympic athletes who should be competing at the events but are choosing not to or can't because of COVID-19. It's still a deal. It really is. There was one day before they started where 71 people tested positive. There's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people there. It's possible. You know, it keeps getting spread around. But we're going to do the positive side of things and just enjoy the athletics, the sports, the competitive nature of everything that is Olympics. USA athletes trying to keep us proud, country strong, rocking the red, white, and blue as we try to get more medals than everybody else. The golds, the silvers, the bronze, the everything. The Olympic segment of Edge of Your Seat Podcast is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. We got to start with USA basketball, right? Had a couple bad losses in exhibition and we're like, oh, USA basketball, they'll turn it around, they'll be okay. First game of the Olympics, a loss. An L. A big L. It's bold. Underlined. Circled. 83-76 to France. USA was leading France by 7. 4 minutes left. France pulls out the victory by 7 points. Not good. Not good. Kevin Durant looked lost. Foul trouble, sitting on the bench. He only scores 10 points, 4-12 shooting, one point in the fourth quarter. And he literally looked like he didn't belong on the court. How does Kevin Durant look like he does not belong? He's one of the three best players in the NBA. United States is still the best basketball in the world. Well, I hope so after the Olympics. Who knows? They have to turn stuff around like right now if they want to be on the podium with a goal. Losing to France by seven, that's not going to happen. This was the first U.S. loss in the Olympics since 2004. 17 years ago was the last loss for USA basketball in the Olympics. 17 years. 2004, in the summer, I had just graduated high school in May. I'm 35 years old. The last time they lost, I was just getting out of high school. Yeah, that's crazy. Dame time? Dame time was broken. Clock was messed up like the Looney Tunes version and Space Jam, A New Legacy. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Not saying it's award-winning, but it's a cool movie. It's entertainment. It's for kids. It's Looney Tunes. It's cartoons. Yeah. But Dame time, 11 points, 3 of 10 shooting, and had some huge turnovers down the stretch. He actually had more turnovers, four, than he had assist, three. That's not good for your star point guard on an Olympic basketball team. There's big names on this team. There's people that can play. However, 
I hope they realize all the other countries have gotten better over the years. I know if you're paying attention to ESPN and reading stories from media outlets, they're saying the same thing, but that's because it's true. Look at all these other teams from countries. They're NBA guys. They're being lottery picks and top five picks. Still playing with their country. France has Rudy Gobert, who was on the number one team in the Western Conference, the Utah Jazz this year. If it wasn't for injuries and kind of a bad playoff run, Utah might have changed the way that the playoffs ran. Maybe they knock off Phoenix. Who knows? But they were the number one team in the Western Conference. A lot to do with Rudy Gobert's rebounding, scoring around the basket, double-doubles, his defense. He was a defensive player of the year for the third straight time. That's the caliber of athletes that are now on these other countries' teams. They're not bums. They're not people that are not competing against the best of the best. Because they are over in the NBA, on our country, on our courts. Then they go to their country, bring our ball back, and are getting better. They're learning how to play United States ball. And it's showing. And if we don't step up, we're not going to be winning any medals, let alone golds. As of 11.30 p.m. on July 25th, United States is second in the Olympic medal count. China is the top dog at the moment with 13. Six golds, two silvers, five bronzes. United States has 12. Five golds, three silvers, four bronze. Tokyo sits in third. Six total medals, five golds, one silver, zero bronze. The five golds for us, the Americans, representing all day. Will Shaner wins the 10-meter air rifle Olympic Games, and he's the first one from America to ever do it. Actually, out of the five gold medals for USA, three of them are first time in the events. Will Shaner in the 10-meter air rifle. Lee Kiefer in fencing in the individual foil. First time an American has won that, and actually only the third time an American has won any gold medals in fencing. The first and second, both from Mariel Zagunis in 2004 and 2008. So this is only the third fencing gold medal ever for United States and the first an individual foil. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. That's women's fencing. Also the first ever Taekwondo, Anastasia Zolotic wins the gold. Beating some people up, taking names, making history for United States. The two other medals, the first one of the entire Olympics for the United States was Chase Kalis, men's 400 meter individual medley in the pool, getting it done. We're always good swimmers, right? Which means the other one's got to be swimming. The men's swimming 400 freestyle relay also picked up a gold medal. That's just the beginning. Like I said, Olympics going on July 23rd to August 8th. And we're set up to win a medal in softball. The U.S. ladies, man, a walk-off win. Kelsey Stewart hits a home run, walk-off style, beats Japan 2-1 to give U.S. the 5-0 record in the group. Undefeated in group play, 
accepts the option to bat last in the gold medal game. Setting up for success here, we could be gold medal champions in softball. Let's go, USA. In gymnastics, they're going to have to step it up. Simone Giles, huge name, was making some mistakes. You got to clean those up. Got to, got to. Because there's a lot on the line here. U.S. gymnastics, women's style, haven't lost a world championship or an Olympics team event since 2010. It's been 11 years. If they win this one, the team gold, that's four straight. That's insane. That's dominance. So you can't mess up. I know it's tough. I mean, this is the best competition you're ever going to see in gymnastics. But you got to. You got to keep USA pride. Not that we're not going to be proud if you lose, but I mean, a gold medal looks better than others or not a medal at all, right? Let's go, Simone. You got this. Swimmer Katie Ledecky, who has been the woman's swimming god, kind of like the female version of Michael Phelps, came up just a tad short in the 400 meter. She gets the silver. The gold medal goes to Australia's Arian Titmus. Right behind her, just fell a little short. Everybody's looking for Leducky to clean it up in the pool. Silver's a silver. Still good on that medal count. But man, I already said it, but those gold medals look way better. Let's step it up, USA. We got this. The Olympic segment of Edge of Your Seat Podcast was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. After a miserable 2020 and Every sense of the term, and I mean every sense of the term, Mendota Shimmer Ford wants to continually make 2021 as awesome as possible with style, comfort, and great deals. There are many options at Mendota Ford as it has a monster selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website, www.mendotaford.com. Whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford, located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranik, will use their expertise and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. One more thing we want to touch on before we get to Terry Maxwell, the track and field coach for Seneca with both the boys and girls. It was an amazing conversation. Great dude, funny, all about track, all about football as he is taking over the Seneca football program this upcoming season. So he's getting ready to get down on the practice field in just a couple weeks. Busy, busy man. Also involved in programs, does a little bit of everything for Seneca High School. Want to talk about the Cleveland Guardians, the new MLB team. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not the new MLB team. The renamed Major League Baseball team was the Cleveland Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians. We're going to be seeing a lot of this. We have, I mean, it's the Washington football team now. Hopefully they garner a better name, but it's no longer the Washington Redskins. In all due time, it's no longer going to be the Florida State Seminoles or the Kansas City Chiefs 
or the Atlanta Braves. Times have changed. Those are insults to people that are in this country. I'm kind of in the middle. Those are long tenure names and that's how we recognize those franchises. It would be weird not calling Kansas City the Chiefs. It would be. But at the same time, I don't know how I would feel if there was a team called the Crackers or the White Boys or the Caucasians or the light-skinned people. Whatever you want to say, however you want to word it, I don't know how I would feel about that. Native Americans have lived with it the entire time. People naming teams that in a way are degrading them. In a way, it's also giving them props. Like, hey, you were here. We want to pay homage to you by naming a team after you. But after, you know, all this time, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to change them to something different. And it's not like we can't be creative and think of different names. Cleveland Guardians is actually not that bad. It's kind of cool. The logo is kind of cool. We'll see what they do with the jerseys. And it's not like these teams are going to suffer because the name's changed. They're not. It's a name. If they do suffer, it's because of bad player decisions, injuries, bad decisions in the office. It's not because of a name. So now that I've just had this discussion, maybe I'm not in the middle. Maybe I am for the name changes. Maybe we all should be for the name changes. Like I said, we don't want teams named after us that are kind of demeaning or belittling. And 2021 is a different age than before. When they were naming these teams in 1890s or the early 1900s, the world was way different than it is now. We adapt everything else in the world, in our lives, to make things better for everybody. What's the difference if it's Cleveland Indians or Cleveland Guardians? Going to be the same players, management spending the same money, the seats in the stadium are going to all look the same, beer is still going to be $10 a cup, hot dogs are still going to be $8.50, nothing's going to change. Just a name. What's not just a name is Mike's Pro Shop and Sales. What it is, is an amazing place to go get your car detailed. Get it cleaned. Get it scrubbed down. Give it a good old rub-a-dub. That dirty, grimy, filmy stuff that you can't reach. Mike's can. Mike's can clean it all. Make it look spectacular and something that you want to get in. Something you want to go pick up a girl or a guy for a date. Like, look at my awesome car. You might not say it, but you're thinking it, right? Mike's can help you make your car amazing every single day of the week by keeping it tidy and looking spectacular. Mike's Pro Shop and Sales, located at 204 South Spalding Street in Spring Valley, offers a cleaning, they disinfect, they rust-proof, there's fabric care. Fabric care is crazy important, especially if you have little ones. They can get stuff all over. Those little cracks, they find it. It's crazy. It's a full body shop and Mike's Pro Shop and Sales now offers pickup and delivery services. To contact Mike's and get your car as spiffy as possible, call 815-663-2060 or send an email to mikesproshop204 at gmail.com. Another company you should have a word with is Olson Construction. It's summertime. It's hot. We don't like it 
most of the time. But what we do like is the opportunity to fix some things on our home. It's the perfect time to change a roof. It's the perfect time to fix up the garage, the shed, siding. Maybe you need a new sidewalk, railing, anything outside. Olsa Construction can do it all. And of course, inside. Working on stairs, laying floors, light fixtures. Olsen Construction makes sure your home is exactly how you want it. You want it comfortable for you, homely in your terms, your matter? They can do it. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. For a free estimate, call Olsen Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olsen Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsenconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, that's the intro for this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I've been your host, Brandon Lachance. Don't know where you have caught this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, but you can listen to this one or all previous shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our website, rss.com backslash podcast with an S backslash edge of your seat podcast. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your CP. Have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest? You know somebody that would be a good chat, a good interview, should be on this show. Maybe you want to advertise with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Send an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Special shout out to Brian Cavelli, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beat. It's my buddy from SIU, known a long time, a really good friend, and he hooked it up with a great track for you to bob your head to every time you're starting or ending Edge of Your Seat podcast. We will be back real soon with more episodes. Until then, peace. We're in the heart of summer. I mean, it's July. July 4th just passed. The crazy thing is track just passed too like it hasn't been over for like a month or so like it usually is done at the beginning of june or the end of may no it went a little further because of covid19 so we have to have to whether it's middle summer or not get some track representatives on this podcast and we have one today seneca boys and girls track coach and football coach terry maxwell how is it going i'm doing good brandon how are you I am doing fantastic. I mean, just starting the intro, and you got three jobs at Seneca. <laughs> I got a few more than that there. <laughs> Are you also a teacher there? Uh, yeah, I teach high school science. Oh, that was the worst subject ever for me. <laughs> you must have not had a good teacher then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with that, because you know what? I don't even remember who my science teachers were, so that means they were not good. Awesome. Well, let's... Start with track. I mean, isn't it kind of crazy that it really just got over like a week or two ago? 
Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting um, finishing up in midsummer and trying to turn your eyes to football as well. You know, it was just good. It was good to be back out there with the kids. And regardless of when we finished, if they would have told me, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna finish the week before football starts," I still would have been like, "Great, let's go." Um, you know, after losing last season, it was just so important to get our guys and girls back out on the track. And uh, you know, we got a lot of pride in our program at Seneca, and we just wanted to wanted to be back out competing. How was it for you and the kids adapting? I mean, like I said, last year you lose a schedule or a season. Then you come into this year, we had no idea what was going on with sports. It was kind of like juggling for a while. Then all of a sudden, a week before basketball season, they're like, okay, we'll play next week. And then things kind of just went from there. And then they allowed a state tournament for the spring slash summer sports. And how did it all adapt for you guys? How did you guys work into this crazy thing that we were doing? You know, I got to give our administration and our coaches and our kids just a ton of credit. You know, I think everyone just kind of understood up front, just roll with it. And whatever comes our way, you know, just be grateful for it. And uh, we know there's going to be a change in policy every other day. And we're going to deal with a lot of uh, different scheduling headaches that we weren't used to. And and I think everyone, and I'll throw the parents in there too as well, just did a great job adapting and, and just enjoying a, a season. You know, it's, it was too bad for our, our basketball and our volleyball teams and, you know, just our typical winter fall sports and football that didn't really get a postseason. Uh, but it was really nice to, to have our actual uh, state track me. It was a little different format, but still just really good to show off uh, kind of a, the top talent in our state. So I feel like we have pretty good track programs here in the state that compete really well down there at Charleston. You mentioned the format. Usually it's, you know, a couple days of prelims, and then Saturday is all classes in the finals. How did it go this year? This year it was just all finals on one day. Uh, so we went down there on a Thursday uh, for Class A. Uh, we got down there about... Uh, 9.30 in the morning and didn't leave there till about 6 at night uh, so everything just ran in one day uh, you know typically you know, like you said we got prelims on a Thursday and the finals on a Saturday and so that's usually really special for the kids to get down there and, and have make almost a whole week of it and stay down in the hotel if, if they make it uh, into the finals it's just kind of a fun uh, event for them um, but with this, it was, you know, I, I really stressed to our kids during the sectional meet, you know, your enemy is, is the clock. It's not your opponents here on the track because you have to get into the faster heats down there at state so you can push yourself because we knew there wasn't going to be any prelim meets and it was all just going to be straight finals. So I knew we had some relays that had a really good chance to do well down there and I just kept stressing to them, hey, get in that top heat when you get down so it can be pushed and, and have a chance to medal. Kind of rewinding just a little bit, did you have any instances with COVID-19 and, you know, holding kids back and them not being able to participate? No, and in track we didn't. We uh, we caught the tail end of it from our basketball team uh, and football. We lost the first week of our football season, but we had no incidences during football and uh, we also had nothing during track, which was a real worry going in. You know, we have over 60 kids and our boys and girls uh, practice together and so we're always around one another we did great our kids, I think our kids were, were, were cautious and careful outside of school and um, just kind of did their part to make sure that you know we, we didn't have any uh, 
outbreaks. I know that they can't be helped, and my family got it back in January. And I thought we were being pretty cautious too, but I feel like it just worked out perfectly with our track team this year. Definitely, definitely. All right, I'm done talking about COVID nineteen. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Let's get back to the state track meets. Your girls, you mentioned the relays. Since 2015, you've had at least one relay medal since then. 15 to 19, obviously no state track meet in 2020. And then again this year as your 400 relay finished fourth and your 800 relay finished fifth. 400 with Caitlin Boyle, Emma Smith, Brooklyn Gertz, and Anna Bruno. Your 800, O'Boyle, Smith, Bruno, and Faith Deering. I mean, putting together relays is not easy. And then to be that successful year in, year out, how do you guys do it? I think a lot of that is our depth. Our girls team is is super deep uh, for a small school. You know, we go to a lot of 1A programs during the week, and uh, we are just, we're so deep compared to other 1A programs. And and even when we go against schools, um, you know, that are a lot bigger than us, like, like Ottawa and you know, Streeter and Pontiac and a lot of those schools, our girls' team is typically as deep, if not deeper, than most of the larger schools, too. So that breeds a lot of competition. Uh, we time everything in practice, and so there's always kind of a, a competition piece there in practice, and her, our athletes are really good about it. They know we're going to compete. They know they're going to push each other. I'm sure there's frustrations when you don't meet, meet that mark on the relay team but at the end of the day our girls know that that is what our program's about it's it's competing against others it's competing amongst ourselves and pushing each other so you know i think we just a we're we're kind of blessed with some talent at seneca with our girls program there Uh, and b we just have a lot of depth and a lot of uh, a lot of kids that like coming out for track and, and competing for those spots and how many years have you been with seneca track Nine years. Um, so I came on 2013 was my first season uh, as a jumps coach. Um, I'd always coached the throws, uh, so I'd never really coached the jumps. And honestly, I'd never really coached the throws before I coached the throws. Uh, I was a middle school track coach. Started out at Piatone and uh, Piatone Junior High, and they uh, they said, "Hey, we need a we need a track coach." I said, "Well, that's not me." And they said, "No." We need a track coach. You're a second-year teacher. You're going to do it. That's how I got my start in track, actually, and I just fell in love with it. You know, it's just the, the, that little always doing your best and PRing, and even if it's a you know an inch in the jumps or throws, you feel good about it, that you're seeing progress, and you know, hundreds of a second matter, and all that little, those little technique pieces matter. And it's, as a coach, it's really just kind of addicting to, to continue to help your kids build and, and grow and seeing that measurable success. It's just a really unique sport that I really enjoy coaching over the years. Gotcha. And how many years have you been the head coach now? This was my fourth. If you if you don't include if you include the COVID year, which we had two indoor meets, we've done well. You know, it's, we've uh, girls have won the sectional every year um, since I've been here. Won nine straight in a row. So we've had a, a lot of success there. Nine conference wins in a row as well for our girls and our boys are strong as well. I believe we have. Uh, six out of our out of our last ten since I've been here, or, or nine since I've been here. So, uh, you know, our boys are are equally as tough. I would say just don't always have the depth. I, I would say our girls have. Gotcha. We will definitely get to the boys. A few more things I want to mention with the girls. You were 
talking about them and how, you know, they're pushing each other competitive. They're also very versatile. I mean, I'm looking at what they were able to do. I mentioned the girls on the relay team. Brooklyn Gertz, fifth in the 100-meter hurdles. Fifth in the 300 hurdles. Ties for sixth in the pole vault with teammate Tegan Johnson. So Brooklyn showing she can do other things. Anna Bruno not only running the 400 and 800 relay, but also in the 1600. Then she finishes seventh, wins a medal in the long jump. These girls is being able to do everything, it seems like. Yeah, and, uh, you know, kind of the one you, you didn't mention there, it's the more kind of outstanding, kind of mind-blowing thing is Faith Deering throwing discus down at state and then being on our 4x2 team. I don't think there's a lot of girls in the state that are throwing and uh, on a state medalist relay. Um, so, yeah, we, we are really versatile. I think, again, that goes back to just that, you know, competitive athletic piece that our girls have. A lot of them are two, three-sport athletes uh, and really good at what they do. You know, you mentioned Brooklyn. She's <laughs> she's a heck of a basketball player. I'm sure you've seen her play. And, you know, she's a heck of a volleyball player. She probably could do anything else she wanted to do as well. I mean, she'd probably run cross if she really wanted to or golf or something else. You just have those athletic girls that, that love to compete. As an assistant coach for IVCC, she was on our radar. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we've seen what she could do. Definitely was on the radar. Moving to the boys. Didn't look like you guys walked away with a medal, but you had tons of guys in the state track meet. Yeah, we actually snuck out one medal. Uh, Carson Collette took ninth in pole vault. So that was our one lone point from the meet down there but we did take down a record uh 13 competitors our boys have never qualified in all of the relay events which we did our sectional so it was really exciting you know someone that probably would have medal an event down there and, and caught his toe on the at the second to last hurdle in the 300 hurdles was carson collette he was just crushing the 300 hurdles all year just barely caught his foot. His spike actually blew out the whole thing. The, the sole ripped off. It was crazy. He was, just fortunately, he was okay. And then he ended up uh, being in triple jump and 4x4 four four and pole vault down there, meddling in pole vault. So he did real well in the end there. But, yeah, our boys are real senior-led. We had a couple seniors not come out because of COVID-19 and the time push, and they just kind of wanted to move on, and I respect that. But I think they could have really made our boys' team even deeper this year. But... Yeah, we just had, we had a great season with the kids that came out. Maybe i just seen Carson Collett's name so many times across the list that I just missed him on pole vault. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> yeah, he'll be going to uh, Wartburg College as well, where his sister ran and his brother Chris is running still. And his brother Christopher is the two-time state champ in the 1600 and 3200, right? Correct, and the uh, cross-country champ as well, so. So a family of runners. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Speaking of family of runners, looking at the relay teams, which your 400, 800, 1600, 3200 all made it to state. Again, your guys' relay teams are ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I really do think a lot of that is, is how we train. Um, I think it really pushes our kids. You know, we time everything. They, there's no real, you know, if you're being lazy in practice, you're going to embarrass yourself because your times are going to look terrible. And you're either hurt or you're not giving effort, and we can see that through the times. And I think that really pushes our kids. And they're, they always kind of know where that other competitor is on the team and where they stand, and I think that's a, a really good thing. I 
see on these relay teams we have a Chase and Trey, how do you say, a Hawk? Hawk, yeah, the Hawks. Uh, Twin brothers still have a hard time telling them apart. They've been our program for all four years. Great kids, great athletes. You know, really a, a good story of how uh, if you just really hang in there and follow the plan, you can succeed. They were not real strong runners their freshman year. They were uh, ran about a 103 in the 400, which is, is not impressive by any means for the boys. Uh, and were really weren't, weren't considered speed athletes. I don't, I don't even think I ran them in the 100 their freshman year. But those two, the real hard workers, follow the program. You know, we have a strength coach at our school, Dan Baker, who does a real nice job with our weights and our, our sprints. You know, they'd show up to his workouts and run and, you know, just putting in that time and worked hard in the weight room and just hardworking kids that, that are coachable and have really benefited from, you know, their time at Seneca High School and athletics. Awesome. It's always good to have those kind of kids, and it seems like you have tons of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And those, those two were fun as well. We would always have what we called Halkoffs, where we'd put those two in the same heat so they'd have to run against each other. And they liked competing against each other in a, a lighthearted way. Senior night, we ran them in a heat by themselves in the 100 so they could, you know, have their final Halkoff. That's awesome. I love the name, Halkoff. <laughs> I love it. So you've been running those programs for four years, been with the teams, the programs for nine years. What about for football? What's the amount of years there? Uh, same. I've uh, been there since uh, the uh, 2012 season was my first year. This will be my 10th season. We've had good success with Coach Boyle. I've been an assistant with him, coaching the offensive line, defensive line, special teams over the years. And yeah, just football's a passion of mine as well. So is this your first year taking over the program? Yeah, this will be my first year. Yep. yep. So looking forward to it. Um, we got uh, some young guys on the team that I think are going to help us a lot this year. We're losing a lot of seniors from last year's team. Kind of cool that you know this is really first time in history we have two seasons in the same calendar year, which is kind of interesting. So, you know, 2021 part two, here we come. <laughs> that is kind of cool, though. You play in the end of spring, beginning of summer, and then fall. That is kind of cool. Roll, roll right back into it, yep. Saying you were a lines coach and defensive coach, is that what you played in school? Did you play football? Yeah, I, I played uh, high school ball uh, down near Champaign, uh, St. Joseph Ogden. Went to a championship my senior year and was an all-state lineman. Had a good career there, really enjoyed my time. It's a great program. Coached by uh, Dick DeBall for a long time, who I think it was a 28 straight playoff year appearances. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Real, real good program. And then I went to school at Olivet Nazarene University and uh, played line there. Was an undersized lineman there, but got, got to be put on about 70 pounds in college to play line. Um, they, they kind of make you eat <laughs> there to, to keep putting on your weight when you're a smaller lineman. So you're eating some good food. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was more the quantity. You know, it was uh, one of the things they used to always tell us that you were an undersized lineman. Just when you go into the, the food court, just eat till you sweat. <laughs> That's, you're going you're gonna to keep the weight on. <laughs> Definitely. That was my next question. I was going to be like, was it good or just a lot of food? It was just a lot, you know. It was just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. When you were in high school, Going to college, did you think you were going to be a coach and a teacher? Was this the game plan? 
I tell my kids this in my classroom that when I was middle school, uh, even high school, I, I absolutely hated school. Didn't see the meaning. Um, my dad had always provided for our family. He was a kind of a factory worker, maintenance man, and one of the hardest working guys I know. And I was just like, no, I'm just going to follow in his footsteps. And he's given us a good life. I can give my family a good life. And that was kind of my train of thought. And, you know, I got to in my junior year and started to maybe think, oh, maybe I should go to school. I don't really know what I want to do, though. And I had a, a really influential guy in my life, Marshall Schock. He was a high school social studies teacher that I had and was really one of the first teachers, no offense to other teachers, but really one of the first teachers that made the classroom interesting. I just, you know, kind of got to the point where I took as many classes as I could with him and I uh, had a really good year of football my senior year and, and had colleges interested in me. I'm like, hey, you know what, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to school to be a teacher and coach and, and try to be like Mr. Schacht was for me. And that was the path I took. So I actually went in and got a, a history education degree and a science minor. And then as things progressed, I ended up getting more science education. So I get a high school endorsement. And now I'm working on my second master's in biology right now. So a guy that hated school growing up and now I'm getting my second master's and teaching and really enjoy it. I absolutely love it. So you went from hating it to now you just can't get enough. You can't get enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It is weird how life works, right? No doubt. Yeah. It's, uh, I like to learn, um, you know, like I told you at the beginning with, with track, you know, I taught myself discus. I, I've taught myself the jumps. I love talking to other coaches. I love listening to podcasts, uh, YouTube videos on instruction, and can't get enough of it sometimes. And I guess that's, that's part of why I enjoy coaching is learning all those things, too. It's like you're competitive, so now you're just competitive in a different way because those sports aren't there for you. Yeah, yeah, I think that is part of it. I'm kind of driven to know as much as I can so I can help my uh, athletes as, to the best of my ability, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I like it. You're like, well, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> awesome, good stuff, good stuff. Kind of go full circle with this, you know, from playing sports, not wanting to go to school, then you go to school, then you love it. Coaching had to fit in there as well. Now you're going to go into your first year as a head football coach. I know as an assistant coach, you know, some guys, you know, that's their dream. That's their goal. They want to be a head coach and lead a program. Was that your, I guess, goal, mindset going into Seneca with the football team? You know, yes and no. Um, I actually accepted a job to be a head coach at a, a small Indiana school back in maybe 2000. 10 or 09 and things just didn't feel right and I actually ended up backing out of that situation and that was when I was at coaching at Morris and, and, and Morris that year gave me the opportunity to be uh, head sophomore coach there and I really liked that role and then you know I, I looked at the opportunity to come over to Seneca High School and I told my wife you know I, it's just got to be the right guy you know I, I don't know if I can continue to be an assistant under someone I just don't agree with um, you know I've gotten lucky my previous two stops Kevin Green at Piatone was was absolutely fantastic to work with and Al Thorson and Morris was great to work with I, I wanted the right fit and I went over and met with Coach Boyle and it's like man this guy I think I'm just gonna have fun coaching with and I've had a blast with him since 2012 and it was the right fit and 
I do my best to support our head coach as an assistant and uh, never really thought twice about, you know, wanting to take over or anything like that. And uh, the situation just kind of presented itself and, you know, I'm excited about it. But I want to say I'm one of the, you know, one of those coaches that is just constantly looking for greener grass and another head job. I, I really like Seneca. I love the community. Uh, you know, we live in the community and my kids go to school at Seneca and, you know, it's just a, a great place to be. And I'm fortunate to be able to, to head this program for however long it may be and just want to do my best with it. So it sounds like you have the greenest grass of all. First of all, Seneca's color is green, so I had to go with that. But you wanted to coach, you wanted to teach, you got both of those opportunities. Your family's there, you're in a community that you want to be in, and you're coaching football and track. I mean, sounds like everything's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have no complaints, and uh, very thankful for it and the opportunities I've been given. We have harked on your coaching and teaching, but you do some other stuff with Seneca High School as well, right? Yeah, you know, I have, uh, I have a lot of irons in the fire. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with too many irons. <laughs> yeah, I lead a, a conservation club. Uh, I started in 2016 called CIA Conservation in Action, where we have kids that are interested in environmental science, conservation, and uh, we do some things locally. We've done some things with the DNR, some of their initiatives. We've helped out locally with some environmental initiatives. We do some things with them to school. Uh, we turned a, an acre of grass into a native plant garden at our school for uh, kind of uh, our outdoor classroom purposes. So yeah, it's been really cool how that's grown over the years. And then I also lead uh, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's a student-led organization where athletes that are interested in faith and sports and come together and kind of share that interest. And we do outreach programs. We've done some uh, food collection in the town and, and went up to Aurora to feed my starving children and worked up there. And um, Yeah, so it's been uh, been really good overall, just impacting the community and in the school and with the kids. And, you know, until I feel like I don't have the passion for those things, I'll keep doing as, as much as I can. And, and truly, it's only possible to do all those things because I have a extremely supportive wife who picks up a lot of my slack and is just outstanding and just uh you know they say when you go into coaching you need a a wife that is accepting of that lifestyle and she's phenomenal with it we have to give her a shout out what's your wife's name hannah hannah maxwell she's uh she's fantastic i mean with everything you do it sounds like she has to be (laughs) absolutely yeah i mean just from the the standpoint of uh Helping with those things, I mean, she'll cook meals and things for, for the, we've had football meals out here before games, and she's cooked, or chilly night for the linemen, or she'll come out and cook at our, our conservation action events, and she's all in and supportive and wants to be a part of everything as much as she can be, too. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool stuff. Yep. And you guys have, I think we were talking before I hit the record button, you have three kids? Three kids, yeah. We have three kids. One's uh, going to be a sophomore at school. She's on the track team. Gabby plays track volleyball and basketball. And then my son will be an eighth year next year, so he'll be in the football program coming in in, in a couple of years. And I got a, a young one, eight years old as well. So, what's the son and the, the eight-year-old's name? Uh, Zebediah is uh, the son Zeb, and Sophie's my my youngest daughter. I love the name Zebediah. That's awesome. 
the name that I, I got from my childhood as a kid I played against in, a, in football uh, was named Zebediah. I'm like, that's a cool name. <laughs> and tons of nickname possibilities, too. You can call them Zeb right. or Z. Yeah. I mean, so many. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, the only really other unique thing about my teaching career is I went uh, to sea with uh, Noah for 20 days uh, in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> 20 days in the Atlantic Ocean with no... Yeah, we, I was a part of a... It was called Teacher at Sea. We applied for it and was selected. Went out on a scallop survey with uh, with NOAA. Learned a lot about how they collect data and go about their expeditions and got to work with NOAA scientists and use their equipment and uh, be part of our operation for 20 days. So it was, that was really cool. It sounds cool. I'm not a science guy whatsoever, but it sounds like that would be really awesome. Yeah, really, really cool opportunity. Good stuff. You have been able to do absolutely anything you want to. That's fantastic. I, I have a blessed life. I will say that for sure. If I get a chance to do a second life, I want it to be somewhat like yours. Maybe not completely. <laughs> Maybe an English teacher instead of science, you know, a couple other okay. things. All right. You know, coach basketball, that's my thing. Maybe, maybe I could do sort of like you. That's awesome. <laughs> Every guest on Edge of Your Seat podcast, we have play a game. Let's play some hot potato. Do you have some gloves on? I mean, it could get hot. All right. <laughs> we'll start you off easy. Seneca colors, green or white? Oh, green. I'd like to have more and more green gear for our, for our kids. I take pride in the green color. We'd have to switch that, too, because I actually hate the color green. But whatever. <laughs> You're a coach of both. So, football or track, which one do you like better? Man, that's that's a hard, hard question to answer. I, I know hot potato, you're supposed to get it out quick. But um, I'm, I'm a football guy at heart. So I would say football, but I would say track is a very close second. Uh, that's really, uh, really captured my passion as well so but i'd have to go football if i was pressed okay football offense or defense offense track now that you've learned and studied both what you like better the jumps or the throws Oof. my daughter's not gonna like this but the jumps <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't your daughter like that she's a thrower so <laughs> gotcha gotcha she's if she hears this she's gonna look at you probably right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Being a football coach, usually play in the fall. This year you played in the spring. Which do you like better, playing in the fall or the spring? Oh, nothing like the fall. Yeah. You know, I wish I had more time in the fall to fish and things like that, go up to Wisconsin, enjoy that. But there's nothing like playing football in the fall, especially playoff football. That's the best. Definitely. Being a coach, being at games all the time, you know you got to hit the concessions. Hot dogs or popcorn? Oh, hot dogs. Especially uh, Coach Witt's hot dogs from our concession stand. Tough to beat. On the hot dog, mustard or ketchup? Both. But if I had to use one, uh, ketchup. We'll go with both. That's okay. Both is a third option then. <laughs> Hamburgers or the pork chop sandwiches that you get at some of these concession stands? Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Again, Coach Witt made a, made a fantastic... Uh, pulled pork sandwich so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw pulled pork in there instead of the pork chop and I'm going pulled pork 
It's okay. Like I said, there is no rules or regulations on this game or this podcast. We can change whatever we want to. Perfect. Just because I looked at my mop in my kitchen, would you rather mop or sweep? Uh, sweep for sure. (laughs) I don't think there's a better of either, but why not? Also, some snacks you can get at concession stand. Pork rinds or pretzels? I don't know if I've ever seen pork rinds at concessions, but I'm a sucker for for some good pork rinds. I think I have one time, and every time that I think about concession stands, now I think about it, even though they're not... That's interesting. That was a a favorite growing up. I haven't had those in a while. Leave you with one more. It's baseball season now, MLB-wise. We're in the Chicago land area. Cubs or White Sox? Cardinals. Okay, we can't talk no more. I'm pushing on. <laughs> Just I grew kidding. up down the Champaign area. It was about 50-50 down there. And my grandpa was a huge Cardinals fan and mainly supported my, my family roots there. So I stayed loyal to him up here. I gotcha. I actually am cool with Cardinals fans. I went to SIU in Carbondale for college. Oh, yeah. And down okay. there, it's like 75% Cardinals oh, yeah. fans. So... Even though I didn't convert, it was cool chilling with him. Well, Coach Terry Maxwell, I also wanted to tell you this now that I just said your name. When I first read your name, I was like, is he an R&B singer? That just sounds like an R&B singer name, Terry Maxwell. (laughs) I think there's an R&B singer just named Maxwell. That was uh, maybe in the early 2000s or something like that. He was popular. So we can throw on Terry and you could be an R&B singer. Yeah, I don't think you want to hear me sing. That's the one thing I can't do. Well, Coach Maxwell, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This has been a blast talking about your coaching career, your teaching career, everything that you do in life. Thanks for sharing that with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you.